Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition, or should I say the first edition of the DeSera podcast. Flobo Boyce here. Being able to sit with thought leaders in the data governance and privacy space is something I'm looking forward to. And who better to start things off with the man himself? Please welcome Stuart. No, Dr. Stuart. How's it going, sir? <laughs> hey, Flobo. How are you? Fantastic. Vice President, what, of Chief Privacy over there at VMware? I've come a long way from Flagler College, man. It's it's well. It's been a little while since Flagler College. My uh, <laughs> hair, lack of hair. Oh, no, 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 hair. Don't, 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 don't start with the hair. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, let's talk about that. I mean, when we last saw each other as, as youngins, you were, we were in, in a very small liberal arts college, but you went to a whole different direction uh, with privacy. What was that the calling for you? You know, the origin story, I think, for a lot of people who find themselves in privacy now was very much you kind of fell into it. You moved into it over time. When I, when I left Flagler, I ended up going into, uh, into my graduate studies and thinking about, well, what's next after that? And kind of as I was going through both my graduate studies and then working as a data administrator, I got introduced to this thing called data protection and data privacy, or as we say in England, data privacy. And then you, <laughs> and then you kind of start moving along with, with that and kind of like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. When I, when I finally, finally finished my PhD, uh, I joined Deloitte working in consulting in cybersecurity. Remember that. A team that focused just on data privacy. I was like, oh, hold on, I, I know this, I've seen this before. Um, so, you know, let's, let's lean in here. And just instantly it, it grabbed my attention. It attaches itself to everything that we think about. It's about how we protect people's data. And, and ultimately that's a calling for me. Like, how can, I, how can I help people? How can I help customers? How can I help employees? Making sure that we do the right thing about by their data. And the timing was just spot on, right? So we moved into GDPR in 2018, and obviously the, the running up to that and the leading up to that, the opportunity to work with companies to take this new law and implement it globally. I managed to travel the world two, three times in a, in a couple of years. Um, and, and yeah, it's just this huge, interesting calling because it touches everything we ever think about in an organization. It's truly the renaissance field right now. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's... Obviously, it's not something I studied in a class on at Flagler yeah. and, and talked about, hey, I'm going to go be a privacy officer. But just those natural progressions from being exposed to the conversation, understanding how it relates to everything in a business, being able to work with a whole bunch of different people and, and just understanding that inter interconnectivity between business, data and people. It, mm -hmm. it, it's just such a great career. Just an aside, uh, a personal question. Uh, was there a particular moment where you go, oh, yes, this is my path. This is what I want to do. You know, it's a great question. I don't know if there's one particular moment, but it was a series of callings. And I think for me, it was a series of conversations. I remember I was in Shanghai at one point talking to clients there and the conversation was, well, we don't necessarily think about what the law is in this country we want to be able to think about how the law should be everywhere and, and we want to be treated in that same equal balanced way. And it was this, well, yes, moment. Privacy is a fundamental human right. It shouldn't matter what your zip code or country code is. We should all have that fundamental right to privacy. And so for those of us that fervently believe that, being able to deliver that as part of what we do every single day, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a great mission. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great thing to get behind and it's it's an exciting area because you really do feel like you're making a difference for those people that you get to work with. 
you know, before we went live, you were talking about the concept of privacy by design, which was like, wow, that sounds pretty like slick. Can you go more into detail of what that is and how that's important? Sure. It, it's a concept where you think about how do you take privacy rules and requirements and laws and shift them way left. And by shifting left, I mean putting them in the design and build phase. It's this idea that when you say, hey, I'm going to launch a new application, you build it, you build it, you build it, and then you go, oh, hold on, I'm collecting people's information. What do I need to think about? Oh, I'll, I'll throw a notice up and I'll put a cookie banner there. We're good, right? Like <laughs> it, it's actually more about, okay, well, what data do I need to collect and why? Can I collect less? Can I anonymize that data? Can I pseudonymize that data? How can I how can I make sure that I'm handling that along the way in a, in a way that people think is in line with their expectations? And so doing it by the design of what you do rather than an afterthought is, is what we is what we really talk about there. There's a similar concept that you'll hear is privacy by default. And that means you have the most privacy preserving settings uh, embedded from, from the get go. You have to have both. They need to come mm -hmm. together and you need to be doing it when you're doing those napkin scratch ideas of like, this is what I want to do. And, and the other thing I'll say is it's not just about applications. It's about processes. It's about privacy notices. It's about everything. You must design this mindset of how am I helping people understand their privacy, enable their privacy, and have the most privacy-preserving settings when I'm working with people's data. Well, that makes sense. Uh, but why is that an important concept for business today? Why is it no one should think they think very much lightly about that? Why is that something that should be a priority for any kind of corporation that wants to lean in that space? Yeah, several several reasons. First of all, everyone works with people's data in one way, shape, or form. If you're even if you're building steel pipes, you have employees that you work with, and therefore you're managing their data, and and making sure that you're complying with, with the applicable laws there. So that's the first part. The second part is you know. Even if you're not necessarily, sorry, even if you are using people's data as part of your service, you still need to respect their wishes and you need to build that trusted relationship with them. And so, you know, I will always want to go back to a company that sends me things that I find interesting. Or if I say, hey, send me something a little bit less often and they respect that, I like that. Like I want to do business with them. I understand that there's this back and forth, give and take relationship. And I think that's the part where privacy is so interesting. If you embed it by design and you build that trusted relationship, the customers want to keep keep working with you. And then, of course, there's this other component, right? If you're not buying a service, you are the, you are the product yourself. If you're giving your information to a company, but you're not necessarily buying anything from them, you, you're obviously interacting and trading on your data at that point. And so, again, you need to make sure that you are protecting their privacy as, as throughout that life cycle and, and from that day that you've collected it. So it's all of those reasons. It's it's the right thing to do. Everyone uses people's data. It's building that trusted relationship. It's the way that we interact through social media and, and just you know, our day-to-day -day lives. And bringing all those things together is a reason why companies need to, to really care about this. So let's talk implementation. I'm, privacy isn't necessarily a new concept. I'm sure there are privacy tools already existing. Is it a situation where you have to find something new or ad hoc, or can previous technologies be used to, to make this a possibility? I, I would absolutely say you can use previous technologies. I would say that in the, in the recent past, I'd say privacy professionals, including myself, were always going after the what is the privacy technology? Where is the new privacy technology? What is the new tool in the industry? But now as we look back and look at the journey, there are a lot of other things that we can use in what I like to call the privacy tech stack. So, you know, 
where can I use data governance tools to help me understand and classify and tag my data? Where are my incident response tools of the information security team helping me to track incidents? Where are the tools that can help me with data discovery that I can use to inform my records or processing activity? So there's all of those different parts that can be used. And then, of course, there are those tools that are purely focused on privacy, which is super important uh, as well. And so I, I, I think all of us in the privacy industry need to embrace privacy technologies, first and foremost. We're all being asked to do much, much more with much, much less. And then we should also look at those other tools that we don't necessarily own, but that could also help us. The, the one call to action I would have for everybody in this space is don't be afraid to let go of that uh, privacy uh, privacy spreadsheet. Don't be don't be afraid to move away from that word document. You know, be comfortable uh, taking and embracing those new tools and, and bringing those new things uh, as well. Well, let's talk about privacy on a macro level. I mean, years ago, the GDPR, and for those who are unfamiliar, the General Data Protection Regulation uh, in the European Union kind of changed the game when it came to looking at that sort of thing for companies at the enterprise level, even individuals. I mean, California has something similar with the CCPA. Uh, what do you see as the future uh, for privacy law? Hmm. I would say that we're going to see um, a certain uplift in law. So, Obviously, the GDPR was a threshold moment in, in the privacy space, and a lot of other laws are now lifting, and whether it's they're moving closer to that model or they're increasing their fines, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. In the US, we obviously talk a lot about 50 state laws, or is it going to end up being one federal privacy law? Um, I think it's going to be very difficult to have a single federal privacy law for the simple reason that we already have privacy laws at the federal level that cover certain types of data. HIPAA, for example, for healthcare is, is, mm -hmm. is one in particular. Um, so I think unless we end up having a, a federal law that covers a specific type of data or specific industry, we're always going to have this kind of patchwork of privacy law in the US for the foreseeable future. And what we're going to have to do as professionals is to figure out how do we how do we find that balance across those laws and how do we set our own bar much like many of us did with the gdpr to kind of build that that, that global model but one of the things i would love to see and we're starting to hear more and more about it is that increasing that code of conduct that self-regulatory model so that companies are really going out and saying okay we work with these complex areas the law hasn't quite caught up with what we're talking about yet here's our code of conduct that companies who are really grappling with these issues on a day-to-day -day basis can then you know, put forward what they think is an industry code of conduct around those areas. So almost like, well, not almost like, but almost 50 fiefdoms, if you will. Is it going to be a situation you think that it's going to be like the most stringent state is going to have like the organizations or policies that are going to match them? Much like how when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, there was like California missions and how they had a stringent law. And people said, hey, look, we're going to go and make sure our things are complying with the most strict state. Or do you think it's kind of much going to be an ad hoc situation where someone's going to have privacy rules tailored to each state or to each area or each region? And I like how you said when I was a kid, because you know, yeah. I may have been a grown adult by that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think we are going to certainly have that situation where there's going to be the most stringent law and then other folks are going to be either hitting that same standard or, or maybe depending on where they're located, they'll have certain issues that, that they are necessarily focused down on. Um, right now, obviously, California is where everybody is looking at um, with the CPRA becoming live in, in January and then the enforcement period building for that six-month window. 
Um, it, that's where a lot of companies obviously have their time. As you mentioned earlier, you've got Virginia as well. Colorado's got their laws as well. There's a lot of laws out there uh, that are either either alive or on the books or emerging. And we're having to grapple with right now as privacy professionals. I would say that the key thing we have to keep thinking about is at the end of all this, there is a person. And there is a person who expects their data to be protected and they expect their data to be used in an ethical way. And I think that trust equation that we always grapple with, which is what does the law say? What does the individual expect? That And there becomes your answer. And sometimes what the individual expect is going to be above what the law says. And we should always be thinking about what is the most privacy preserving approach, because that ultimately is the right thing to do. Wow. So there just seems to be a lot of regulations, a lot of changes, a lot of shifts, uh, compliance enforcement period. That's a lot. What can a business do to put themselves in the right position to be compliant with these new regulations? It's tough. Um, and, I, and I think there's multiple steps. The first thing you need to do is understand what data you're ultimately sitting on, um, because old, you're collecting data through multiple streams, whether it's from your customers, no matter what those customers are, whether it's from your employees, whether it's people visiting your website, and and so on. Um, so understand where your data, what your data you have, and understand where it sits, and then you can start figuring out what legislation obviously applies to you. Um, from that point on, you really do need to think about setting that kind of baseline across your organization. If you operate in fifty states and you try to have fifty different policies, you're going to end up falling under the weight of that exercise. If you're in 30 different countries and you have customers in 60 different countries, right. there's no way that you can comply with up to 60 plus laws. So having that having that baseline that you can set for yourself based on the common denominators is super important. And then embracing technology to help you on that journey as well. So where you can do things like data discovery or data tagging such that you know where your data are without having to send out manual spreadsheets, um, being able to... Uh, train up all your different staff so that they can obviously be your eyes and ears on the ground as well through that champion community. That's obviously another important component as well. Um, the more that we can embrace this automation of the the simple stuff and then be able to scale the, the difficult decision making to the team through the experts in the field, that's where you can really, really get to it. And I think this is where ultimately things like information governance and data governance play a huge role in that because it starts with knowing your data so that you can undertake that journey. Yeah, data governance and data security are very important tenants. And back to the privacy by design aspect of it, if, if things are always changing and always evolving, uh, what's the things that companies can do to put themselves in the right space to succeed when it comes to these things? I think it's just keeping a forward-looking lens, um, hearing what's coming out from other companies, attending the conferences, talking to your peers, kind of sharing those ideas. I think those are all the really uh, important uh, areas to work in. And there's some great initiatives out there, um, really talking about privacy technology, talking about privacy standards. There's a lot of teams that, uh, sort of teams and energies and communities that people can get behind that can help them really scale. Um, and then between that network, that community, embracing those technologies, really baselining where they want to take their, their minimal level of compliance, I think those are the important parts. At, at the end of the day, where we're working in is you can't really ensure compliance. It's always one of those things that's a, a big no-no from an audit word is the word ensure. Um, right. But you can think of it as a dimmer switch. You're never turning it off, but you're turning it up and down. And, and knowing where you have those data, knowing what your laws are, knowing where you carry the greatest risk allows you to prioritize your activities depending on where you want to take your, your business journey. 
Well, you know, as chief privacy officer, I bet a lot of questions, a lot of challenges come across your desk. What can these teams and vendors do to help, to help ensure, did I say that bad word? <laughs> to help <laughs> the people in your role. Yeah, I think it's just having open, honest conversations early. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about privacy by design. The whole idea there is come and engage with that team from day zero, not, not day three and four when you've already made a bunch of decisions, have that conversation early. Privacy officers uh, are always kind of there to help or privacy teams are there to help. They're not necessarily going to sit there as the no function. It's the tell me what you're trying to get to. What's the business goal and the mission? And now let's figure out the right way to go through that. So, you know, early engagement, regular engagement, that helps to move that, that, that conversation forward. And then, frankly, you know, for all of us who are in these seats where we're getting raised these difficult questions, just educating yourself, just getting involved, understanding what that business mission is, understanding what these new and emerging technologies are, and then working with your business stakeholders to fully get there and to embrace this new, uh, new way of thinking that your business is ultimately adopting. This may be a little bit of a difficult question to answer. This is like uh, the college graduate being asked by the kindergarten student. But if someone wanted a little bit of a guidance, if they wanted to start uh, their own privacy journey, they're free, they're uh, new to the privacy field. What kind of tips or tricks or things they should look out for, pitfalls, if you will, to help them on their journeys? Yeah, a lot of great resources out there. There's obviously communities such as the International Association of Privacy Professionals, newsletters, conferences, webinars, um, lots of things you can get involved with there. There's a lot of privacy engineering programs. So th there's often a misconception that to work in privacy, you must be an attorney. And, and that's certainly not, not the case. Um, there's a great community of privacy operations and engineering really growing. Um, and as we think about using data tools and governance tools, that's where those engineers and operations folks become incredibly, uh, incredibly important. So look out for those opportunities uh, in, in college graduate courses as well. If you're if you're at that stage, if you've just left those entry level roles are everywhere. Folks are begging for help in privacy right now. Right. Um, going in, just getting involved, having a beginner's mindset and taking advantage of all those resources around you. Um, there's tons and tons of newsletters. There's tons of information out there right now. And it's just the right time to join the field of privacy because it's a, it's just completely growing. Um, and yeah, it, depending if you want to be on the legal side or you want to be in the operations and engineering side, there's an opportunity for everybody to really get involved and, and help move the, 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 the area forward. That's like advice for life, right? Like start small, build a team and scale when you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of us in, in the privacy space post GDPR have been working on it. Build your team create what you want your team to look like, your vision of how that's gonna grow forward. And as these new laws come along that you mentioned, how do you keep up? You're able to either take the lessons learned and reapply or stretch a little bit more. Um, and you know, when we think about some of these additional laws that are coming down around artificial intelligence or non-personal data, but the metadata, the privacy team is then well uh, scoped to be able to take on those additional missions and continue to grow that the web of influence in their organization. Well, all of our guests on the Desera podcast, we have one question I'd like to ask, and I'd like to ask you as our first guest on the show, and that is, if you had the proverbial magic wand, it could change anything about data privacy, security, or governance, what would it be, and why? 
just just my magic wand i you know it's a really difficult question to answer because there's so many things that i i would i would get involved with here but i think it would be the uh, the first and foremost is embrace technology i think do not be afraid to get in and, and really look at the opportunities where technology can help you grow your programs um, there's a huge burgeoning field around privacy technologies tools that relate to information and data governance really help us to think about how we can better understand our data and where our data exists put policies and controls around those data allow technology to really help you grow so that way you can take on some of these emerging issues and these ultimately thought leadership issues that help your business move forward i think that's that's the magic wand i would say this this embracing of technology rather than sitting here and saying i would like to see one federal law of sitting here and saying i'd like to see this yeah we are where we are embrace the technology it's a disposable wand use it once it goes away you can't <laughs> you, can't, you can't reuse this <laughs> magic wand. <laughs> uh dr stuart lee thanks so much for being on the show i always going to say that time i see you now dr stuart lee uh if anyone <laughs> want to connect with you or learn more about your company vmware how to go about doing that sort of stuff yeah i i'm relatively active on LinkedIn. So folks can always reach out to me there. Um, and obviously you can learn more about our organization through, uh, through, through searching on online, but to reach out to me directly, you know, reach out on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Well, thank you so much. I want to have you back on a future episode so I can pick your brain some more about privacy and data governance. I'm learning so much, much like I'm not going to use the word insure ever again. This is, this is our podcast. <laughs> I love privacy and privacy, and you'll be avoiding the word insure. Aluminium is what they call it, I say. <laughs> Thanks for the show. Thanks. Thanks, Playbook. Stand by.